Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Everybody, it's Christine. How are you doing this week? The subject this week is nature and its healing properties, and more specifically, grounding, like what it does to our bodies when we touch the earth. And I have this amazing MD, Dr. Laura Conover, who is both an allopathically trained physician and also an expert in grounding medicine. Uh, we have a nice conversation that I hope you'll really enjoy, get some good takeaways, how it helps you manage anxiety, manage depression and overall balance the body for greater health and wellness. So when I was getting ready for the pod, I thought I would go out and see who else talks about this or where does this live in the world. And I found none other than Thich Nhat Hanh, the great uh, Buddhist teacher, who wrote this. When we look into our own bodily formation, we see Mother Earth inside us. And so the whole universe is inside us too. And once we have this insight of interbeing, it is possible to have real communication, real communion with the earth. And this is the highest possible form of prayer. To express our reverence for the earth is not to deify her or believe she is any more sacred than ourselves. It is to love her, to take care of her, and to take refuge in her. And when we suffer, the earth embraces us, accepts us, and restores our energy, making us strong and stable again. The relief that we seek is right under our feet and all around us. Much of our own suffering can be healed if we realize this. If we understand our deep connection and relationship to the earth, we will have enough love, strength, and awakening to look after ourselves and the earth so that we both can thrive. So these texts were written in his book and are published in a book called Love Letters to the Earth from 2013. There are some lovely texts in there that are actual practices for uh, speaking to the earth, touching the earth, and thanking her, and then you know using that as a spiritual practice. Dr. Conover, however, talks about it in uh, much more mechanical or mechanistic ways, uh, what happens when you tap into the earth's power and electrical field. So I'm glad you're joining me again. Here we are in the end of the summer of 2020, and everything that we can do to bring ourselves into more clarity, peace, and power, and to be conductors of that towards one another is especially useful right now. So thanks for joining, and please meet Dr. Laura Conover. I'm so happy to welcome Dr. Laura Conover to the pod today. She's written an amazing book called The Earth Prescription, Discover the Healing Power of Nature with Grounding Practices for Every Season. And I'm so grateful for this book. In addition to reintroducing us to the importance and the pure health benefits of being directly connected to and part of the earth, it's also full of playful ideas for touching nature in every season. And in our culture, which is often indoors, uh, grounding, it seems, can really be a mechanism of restoration. So, Laura, welcome. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I just wanted to start with asking you probably the question you get all the time, but what is grounding and why does it matter? <laughs> yeah, it's a, oh gosh, I could fill out the whole interview just talking about defining grounding, but for simplicity's sake, when I say grounding, I literally mean just touching the earth outside. One part of our body, any part of our body, physically touching directly the earth outside. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about grounding. And the reason that's so important is that uh, there is a direct benefit from having a conductivity, an electrical conductivity between our body and the earth outside. So if you think about pretty much everything we do for our health, it's all indirect, but it's still from the earth, you know, even if you're meditating and you know, taking cleansing breaths, essential for life, breathing, but that's the air that the earth is producing and drinking pure filtered water and hydrating is again, essential for life, but it's indirectly consuming something that earth is providing. Same with, you know, organic foods and, and the most optimized diet you can have. Again, it's a way to put the, the life giving properties of the earth into our body. And then for some reason, a another way the earth can support us is very much overlooked, which is uh, conductively. So this is another, uh, piece of the pie that we really need to optimize our health, which is to directly touch the earth outside. The earth has a heartbeat, an electrical magnetic heartbeat that pulses out. It's called the Schumann resonance. And when we touch that, every cell in our body is receptive to that frequency and we get health benefits from that. So that's what grounding is to me. It's a direct contact so that we can get conductivity of that healing pulse into our body. That's, uh, that's beautiful. So I, I think a lot of us might have skipped electricity 101. Like <laughs> electricity is what happens when yeah, you turn yeah. the light switch on, you right. know. Um, so, you know, I've heard people say, oh, we're electric beings. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the neural, the nervous system is a electrical network inside mm -hmm. of the body. But can you speak a little bit more about electricity? I mean, even in electricity, when you have a short in a circuit inside of your house, for example, mm -hmm. people say that, um, oh, that uh, the counter part of the system was not grounded. Right. So just a little bit more about electrical principles in general. Sure. I I like to more think of it as conductivity because I don't want people to think that a current, you know, that we're electrifying our body through a man-made, you know, fake uh, energy current. It's, it's more of a uh, receptive conductivity. That's what our body has. So we don't, I don't think need to plug it into electricity, but what we do need to do is be conductive receptors to this uh, resonance. So we do have an electrical body. And in medicine, classically, when I went through medical school, I was taught all the different ways to measure health through using measuring conductivity. So if you think about when people in a sleep lab look at brain function there or seizure activity, they're looking at an EEG of your brain and that's measuring the electrical impulses in your brain. When we look at how healthy your heart is, when we do an EKG, that's looking at the electrical impulse of your heart. We try and examine muscle, motor neuron function. We're looking at um, EMGs, which just shows how electrical impulses are conducted through your muscles. So every part of our body, even our digestion, you know, even the blood that flows through our body is like an electrical conductive gel, the plasma mm -hmm. and the cytoplasma of every single cell is like an electrically ready conductive matrix waiting for something, right? So it's like begging the question, what is our body waiting for? If every single cell in our body has the ability to conduct an impulse, what are we waiting to conduct? And so I do think of it just like you said, I think that was a brilliant analogy. 
even non-living things we know need to be grounded to stay functional. You can't be in a closed system and function forever. I mean, your refrigerator needs to be grounded, your heater, hot water heater needs to be grounded, your entire home electrical circuits, they all need to be grounded. And that's not even a living tissue. That's just, that's just facts. Like an electrical system cannot act as a closed loop and then function over time. It, uh, it needs to be grounded or else static builds up and then it just stops working. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about like open circuits or closed loops in the book. Yeah. If it's just a closed loop, it, it won't last. Um, so we have to dock things. We have to recharge things. We have to ground things. And that's even things that aren't complicated. They're just physical structures, you know, not, not living inanimate objects. So now when we're talking about life and we're talking about the job of the earth is to provide, you know, support for life as we know it. I, in some of the documentaries I was filmed for, I talked to several moonwalking astronauts and they said, you know, it's nothing like standing up in space and looking at the earth. It's this vibrant ball of life, the only color in the whole universe that they're able to see. And it's just very clear that the business of earth is to, you know, produce and protect and support life. And so they had the just the strongest urge to return to that earth and just kiss the ground. You know, it's just it's miserable to be separated from your home like that. And yet when we're yeah. living here on our planet, we're almost completely disconnected, just as if we were on the moon. We're not any more connected when we're inside or in a car or whatever. So there is this great, deep, resonant urge and need that is every single cell of your body that is waiting to conduct something. And then I think on a spiritual level, we're also waiting to feel supported and to connect with something bigger than us, which is our planet. And it's really artificial to be so insulated from it and stay so far away from it, you know, with plastics and, you know, rubber tires. And I mean, you can go camping on an RV or a tent and still never, ever, ever, ever be grounded. So anyway, there's this big, this buildup, like it would be with any system, even non-living, where it just malfunctions over time unless we're docking it, unless we're grounding it. If you bought a cell phone and spent a lot of money on it, you wouldn't just turn it on once and use it till the battery depleted and then toss it in the garbage. It's just we know that we need to dock it. We need to recharge it, and then we expect it to function well again the next day. But with our bodies, we use it over and over and over, years and years and years, and then we don't, and we get frustrated when it doesn't work well. But we've never docked it. We've never retanked the cellular matrix. You know, the conductivity of our body. We've never ever docked it to the earth, and yet we we don't understand why it's not functioning well over time. So, to There's, me, I, one I, I of, like one that of you, my teachers says. I think Charles Eisenstein yeah. um, talks about you not being on the earth, like you're not kind of a visitor with reality outside of you, mm-hmm. but you are also nature and you are the earth and, mm-hmm. you know, being, being with it. And, and, and it, at, at this point, in any case in human evolution, there's no living without it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, even shifting that paradigm that you're a receptive conductor of all of the elements that are around you, the air, the mm-hmm. ions from the ocean, mm-hmm. your feet or your hands when you touch things. That was the other thing in the book. Um, I had always thought about grounding or earthing is like, oh, you walk barefoot, you feel the lawn, you feel the grass mm-hmm. under your feet or the sand under your feet. But you did make the point over and over that it was really about being skin to skin with the earth, whether it was your hands um, or your feet or your uh, butt through conductive clothing yeah. or non-blocking <laughs> clothing or whatever. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, because, so you, you, you know, it's easy to say go out and go barefoot. But first of all, I have a lot of patients that have mobility issues or are recovering from serious illnesses or, you know, are in um, rehab facilities or you're in the hospital or an inpatient setting. And, it, you know, it's 
you can't just flippantly say go out and go barefoot because that's they don't even have the mobility for that or the energy or strength for that and then on top of it i mean a lot of people myself included don't have a, i don't have a backyard i i don't just go out barefoot in my yard because there, a lot of us live in urban environments that there's not safe green spaces and so it's just kind of I feel like we lose a lot of people and also a lot of people don't want to go barefoot. You know, they're just ant hills and, and I don't know, broken glass and it's too hot or it's so, so, so cold. And so I just think we need to think of other ways outside of the box than just telling everyone to walk around barefoot. That doesn't appeal to a lot of people. And it does appeal to a lot of people, which is great. But even if it appeals to you, it's not always good with the temperature outside and stuff. So one of my missions in writing that book was to really drive home. It's not our feet. It's nothing about our feet. Yeah, our feet have sweat glands and um, nerve endings and stuff that will help, you know, make it enjoyable. But any and every part of our body is conductive. You could touch it with your eyelid, like you said, or your cheek or your back of your, you know, you could be sitting on a picnic blanket and just put one fingertip over the edge of the blanket touching the ground and you're entirely conduct, um, conducting the earth's energy. So any body part, because in the winter for me, it's a lot easier to have my hands in my pockets and then just slip one hand out and alternate it at a time and touch, you know, a leaf on a tree or a metal handrail or a post like if you're there and that's the other reason i wanted to write the book too is it's not just you have to have a yard if you're lucky enough to have a yard you can get grounded but otherwise everyone else is screwed i don't feel like that at all there's a lot of conductive earth surfaces so every tree that you walk by is as grounding as a blade of grass that people are telling you to walk barefoot on any bush any plant any weed rocks are any body of water is any unpainted metal so if you're standing at a crosswalk waiting to cross on a city street corner, you can literally touch the metal signpost and be grounded through your hand and no one even has to know what you're doing. You know, it's just so many different options, concrete sidewalk. You can sit on a curb at lunch and eat your lunch and just put your hand, you know, or through your butt, like you said, if you're wearing conductive clothing. You said, you said concrete was semi-conductive yes. and asphalt is not. Can you clarify that? Well, because asphalt has that, um, that black tar mixed in. So that's like putting a flip-flop or a shoe on and you know, that plastic coats it. So it makes the road last longer. It would normally be the concrete part of it, the rocks and, and the cement. But then when they add that black tar, that's what seals it off. So it's just like putting so, shoes on. So rubber, plastic, mm -hmm. petroleum products block mm -hmm. the conductivity. And mm -hmm. so what does that mean in terms of choice of footwear or mm -hmm. clothing? Yeah. So most, almost all of that will block it, especially footwear. Most footwear is not designed to be grounded, although there are coming out with some grounding shoe lines. There's Raum, um, R-A-U-M, makes a grounded footwear line. Um, I think Harmony, there's a new company called Harmony 387, I believe, and it's coming out with a grounded shoe line. There are going to be more options as we move forward and understand our conductive health is a really essential part of our health. But for now, um, you know, thin so cotton socks or wool socks, um, leather sold moccasins have sometimes tested as grounded, bare feet, obviously, and clothing, as long as it doesn't have synthetic polyester in it, a lot of times it will allow, if it's all natural fiber, like cotton or thin wool or silk, especially if there's moisture, if you're sweating, basically, um, it'll usually conduct through that. But if there's any you just polyester this image, blend, I'm going to be like, sweating yeah oh yeah like sweating and rolling yeah. around in the grass and hugging trees yeah. and i've gone full out yeah you know, yeah yeah full out wild woman yeah. at this point do right? it <laughs> You'll never you said better. also pets are grounded and and i would imagine then if someone else is grounded and i touch them yeah i'll be grounded by extension yes that's an awesome like you can make a human chain you can basically. it's been tested uh if one person is grounded through a grounding indoor tool or outside one person is touching the earth 
you could make a chain people holding hands 20 people long or longer and that last person they could be head to toe sealed off with you know rubber boots and a jacket and totally removed from the earth and insulated but if they're holding hands they will be grounded 20 people away and the same with plants um, that's why if you're up on a balcony i've had patients be on a second or third story balcony and touch tree limbs that go over their balcony from a tree that's mm -hmm. growing from the ground below and they're not grounded but when they touch the tree through the tree they are and the same with pets like you said um walking your dog if you just stop and your dog is you're bundled up because you're cold say but your dog is walking on the sidewalk if you just pet their nose their ears their tummy you're going to be grounded through the fact that they're grounded or horses or whatever your animals that you love are so yeah grounding is just like flipping on a light switch in the sense that it's immediate and instant and throughout the all living tissue. So whether it's plant, animal, human, if we're, one part of us is grounded, we're completely grounded. So I take advantage of that a lot when I'm walking with my husband because he doesn't mind the cold, but I hate it. So I'll be bundled up and have my hands in my pockets. And if he holds my hand and keeps his hand in you know, my pocket with me, he doesn't care. He'll touch the earth or we can be sitting on a metal park bench and he can touch the metal railing of it and he'll be grounded. And then I'll be indirectly grounded through him. But it's just as powerful as if I was you know, laying out on the beach. It's it's a lovely companionship. That sounds like yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're 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 speaking of it in really simple mechanistic terms. It's yeah. interesting. I've always heard the term more psychological. Like yes. People who are floating off in the air. Yeah. Who don't know what they're about. You know, people who are super connected to divinity but can't pay their mortgage. Mm -hmm. You know. Or yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I do because of, of someone says someone's not grounded or yeah. get grounded. It's always been uh, metaphysical. Uh, yeah, 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 more metaphors. So and how I, do you connect the two? Well, that's kind of how I figured it out. So I had been grounding with my kids. My daughter had colic since the second she was born. She just cried so much. And I lived in Arizona at the time, so I would just take her outside barefoot and hold her to my chest. And it's the only time she would not be crying. She would definitely be comforted, soothed, less pain, less inflammation when we were outside. And I just kept doing that but not knowing what I was doing at all. And then years go by and it just became a lifestyle. I would just be outside playing with the kids every day, all day. And then I was talking to a friend, exactly like you said, who was metaphysical. And she was saying, it's really important to ground our energy. And just like you're saying, she meant it's important to bring our awareness down, you know, into our chest, into our heart space, into our bodies and really feel our roots. She didn't mean it physically. She meant it spiritually. It's important to get out of our headspace, right? But something about it really clicked with me and I went home and I started plugging the word grounding into the medical literature because as a doctor, I just was like, I wonder if there's any science behind it. And that's how I discovered there's been more than 20 years of actual medical studies, not talking metaphysically about grounding, but talking directly about electrically and conductively grounding to the earth outside. And then I started thinking, oh my gosh, that's what I've been doing with my kids. That's what I've been doing with Claire since she was born. That's why she didn't have that pain anymore. That's why that colic abated. And I just started putting the pieces together. But it was through a friend talking in a metaphysical way that I realized it was an actual healing modality, just like you said. Yeah, it was just for anyone who hasn't seen the book yet, which I hope you will. Um, the beginning of the book, uh, Dr. Conover talks about her child having tremendous amounts of colic and mm -hmm. pain. And the only thing that would soothe her would be taking her outside and walking her in a way that connected her to the earth. It's a, it's a lovely story. Uh, just that's what she's referring to in terms of coming yeah. you know, in touch with the healing power directly, even before the connecting with the medical research. 
So you talk too about other conditions that are very common right now, anxiety, skyrocketing, depression, uh, in times like this, like how people can use some of these exercises and practice it to alleviate those things. You want to give some ideas? Um, you want me to go into ideas on how to get grounded or why with, with it like treats? particularly for particularly for anxiety or depression, I would think, you know, like you yeah. had some ideas in the book, but yeah. I'm thinking with so many people home and yes. not knowing what the not knowing what their circumstances are going to be like six yes. months from now, yes. financial stress. Some I read some data that thirty six percent of people couldn't pay for their housing last yeah. month. Food insecurity is at an all-time high. Yeah. You know, all of that stuff is in the material plane of human culture mm-hmm. is, is, um, has a, a negative effect on the self-healing mechanism of the body. So mm-hmm. if this, you know, what are some things that people can do with these grounding and earthing exercises to counteract that? Mm-hmm. Well, I totally agree with you. In fact, I've already seen, I've already attended medical conferences now where we're talking about getting prepped to treat PTSD because of this pandemic. And if you've ever had a history of trauma, then going through this right now is hitting you harder than even someone who hasn't had a history of trauma because you're already primed to react in a way that resonates with your history of trauma. So yeah, anxiety and depression are are really skyrocketing right now. And I definitely see grounding your body, physically grounding your body as a way to help reduce anxiety and alleviate depression and there's a lot of other ways where grounding will protect your body's health long term. Um, so I would love to, I can talk to you more specifically about why it would help with anxiety and depression, but more to your question about how um, I, anything you can think of that's an indoor activity that you can routinely move outside right now would be so amazing for your body. So when people are introducing grounding, I have a couple different tips. And the first thing I like to say is, could you think about moving one meal a day outside? So even if that's just your cup of coffee in the morning, I take my coffee outside and I stand on my front doorstep, which is concrete, and I just get grounded while I'm just having my coffee. Or if you have a lunch break, if you could just take your lunch outside, or if you can make it a routine that at night when you're with your kids, you all go outside, you take your dishes outside, or you have a picnic outside. Moving an indoor activity like eating just one meal a day outside would really transform your health. Another thing you could do is find your favorite grounding tree. Um, that's an easy thing to do. Usually even in an urban setting, you pass a bush or a tree or something that appeals to you. And then you just stand there holding it and take three long, slow, deep breaths to really center yourself and calm your heart rate and uh, decrease stress and tension throughout your body. So I like having a favorite grounding tree. Another one is like a favorite grounding patch of sidewalk, just a piece of sidewalk you walk by every day. You can even doodle on it with chalk or whatever, or just that's where you sit and take, again, if you even just take three deep breaths, that's enough to make a measurable difference in your body. So maybe finding a favorite grounding sidewalk, a favorite grounding tree, making a meal a day outside, or if all else fails and you get to the end of your day and you haven't even connected with the earth at all, I really like to encourage people on your way up to bed to go outside. And this is a great time to stand barefoot or sit on concrete or touch a tree or lay in the grass and just look up at the moon and the stars. And you know, you can pray if that appeals to you or run through a gratitude list or simply literally take a couple deep breaths and just connect with the bigger issue here, you know, just remind yourself you're on a planet, you're in space, something larger than you going on. It's okay. In this moment, it's okay. And then I guarantee you will sleep easier that night. So those are I love those rituals. 
Yeah. I was in, I was in, I've traveled extensively in South India and I was thinking about being in all these little villages in Tamil Nadu where before temple kind of religion came in, there would be one tree in the community that was an animist embodiment of divinity and people would come over and they'd touch the tree and they'd hug the tree and they'd oh, give offerings cool. to the tree. Oh, wow. And you still see that when wow. you're walking through those villages and some of those trees are, you know, 300 years old. They're amazing, but you walk by them and they're also imbued with all of the energy that mm. the people who are adoring them are putting its way. And the women still every morning come outside of their homes or their shops and they sweep the dirt and then they do chalk drawings in the dirt they get down on their hands and knees and they make chalk designs like uh, little mandalas or floral expressions with colored chalk oh, in front cool. of their shops as a as a gesture. Uh, so you know, oh here, here, I always love looking at wisdom traditions yeah. and saying, you know, what what do they know? Those yeah. things usually started for a reason, right? So there they are, touching their little patch of tree, their yeah. patch of concrete, or their their tree, just oh, like that's you're beautiful. suggesting. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. it was really very sweet. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to get my tree. I'm mm -hmm. going to walk on, I'm going to take my, my meal outside. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then you have some games. Like one of the things I was into, I talked to a wonderful woman a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Sunny Rogers, and we were talking about flirtation and playfulness and bringing that back into your life and your relationship. And I really mm -hmm. loved in your book, your creative ideas for engaging with earth you know, making things with substances that are on the earth or mm -hmm. camping and turning it into these fun uh, ways to interact. So maybe talk a little bit about that. <laughs> okay. Um, gosh, I got to flip through my book. No, <laughs> um, I just <laughs> well, tried just like when playfulness I, in general. Yeah. Know? Well, in writing the book, I just sat down and I thought exactly what we had already kind of hit on that. I parented that way out of survival because really that was the time when my kids felt the best and I felt the best. So we were outside. So I mean, I just filled up their ch childhood with a lot of different games outside on the sidewalk, in the yard, playing with the sprinkler, mixing water in with it, doing all of our holidays outside, bonfires, you know, celebrating solstice, whatever we did um, outside, transforming it to an outdoor space. Um, and so I wrote all those in there. And then I went a little further and talked about, uh, you know, things as, as adults that, you know, it's not all about incorporating child's play into it. I mean, just as adults, we, I really truly feel like being out on the earth can foster our creativity. It helps align us in so many different ways. It really gets us back into a natural circadian rhythm. So it deepens our sleep. So it's really important to just actually take any health practice that we do each day. If you can move it outside, you're going to make it exponentially more therapeutic. So if people do physical therapy stretches, if they do yoga, if, you know, if, if they're on a certain diet, if they're doing a certain amount of glasses of water to hydrate, anything you do, if they're doing walking, if they're doing biking, anything you can do, you can do it outside and then you can make uh, pit stops. Like even if you're up on a bike, you can um, take your water breaks where you get off your bike and touch the sidewalk and drink your glass of water or on a hike, I stop and I sit on a rock and I make sure my thighs are touching the rock while I have a uh, hiking break. So anything we do for our health, not just fun and games, although that's a huge, awesome part of it, but celebrations and uh, any, any physical therapy or any, any kind of nurturing practices we do, meditation, everything can be moved outside. So I tried to just fill up the book with every kind of thing I could think of in every um, aspect of health and healing that could be moved outside. And, and that way we're not adding a whole nother thing to our to-do list. We're kind of just transforming things we already do. Oh, that's such a relief. Thank you. <laughs> I can do my yoga outdoors yeah. and then go on a 30 minute nature walk. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, the other thing, I think the reason I brought up the playfulness is 
there are so many places where these devotional aspects of touching the earth, like thank you, mother, are very serious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and meditative. And I love that. Uh, but that it doesn't have to always be so serious. Mm-hmm. It can just be something that is like a light mm-hmm. and joyful thank you for being in the body. Mm-hmm. I mean, in general, your approach seemed very, uh, I don't know how to, it's, it, it's not faithful in the dogmatic sense of the word, but more faith in the self-healing mechanisms mm-hmm. of the body that mm-hmm. you, that given the right circumstances, you're a homeostatic being, you'll mm-hmm. want to return, you'll return to wholeness, For particularly sure. if you use all the tools available. So I think that that seemed to me anyway, from just reading it to be part of your core philosophy. Yeah, that is was that a, correct. Yeah, <laughs> that is such a good way to put it. I mean, you, you, you nailed it because somehow as human beings, we just overthink everything. And so we do that with our health, of course. And we do that with trying to predict into the future, what's going to happen and all of our worries and fears. And it's just hard to dig out from underneath of them. But really if my true core belief as a physician is we cannot, nor even if we could, would should we micromanage our health? Like you cannot tell your cells how to function. You cannot be the one that personally goes down and scavenges and make sure you remove every precancerous cell. You can't, figure out your fluid balance. You can't regulate your metabolism. You can't, and you shouldn't. So I honestly think the further we get away from that hypochondriac micromanaging of our physical tissue and hypervigilance, it actually gives a little space and softness for our innate health to function. When we're babies, we don't even think about it. We don't have to micromanage or monitor or even check on things. They, they generally work out for the best. We're generally adaptable. We generally have a set point of health that we return to. So yeah, a lot of my practices are to kind of move us away from ha- even pretending we have the illusion of being able to dictate our own health. We can't. What we can really do is get out of the way of our natural well-being. So definitely grounding should help us do that for sure. So I really like how you put that. That was exactly right. That thing about getting out of the way. I mean, you hear people talk about food as first medicine. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of the, you know, we're all about reducing the toxin load on the body in Mm -hmm. general. So what you put on your skin, uh, what you wear, what particulate is in your, is touching your skin, even from your clothing. You made comments about polyester clothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, just like, don't even deal. Like if you go into a bit, if you wear a traditional bathing suit, even that, uh, all those little fibers come off in the hot tub and in the pool and mm-hmm. that's floating around and mm-hmm. you're ingesting it. It's getting into your skin. Mm-hmm. That's a minor example. Mm-hmm. Like definitely still liking the extra lycra around my belly. <laughs> getting in and out. But still, yeah. I think I think that there's a, a sense that the body might be overwhelmed just trying to clean itself out from mm-hmm. all of the things in the environment. And if we just take a little bit of that away, mm-hmm. a little bit each day, you know, and kind of mm-hmm. strip away some of the unnecessary uh, things that it's trying to deal with, yeah. encountering that it has more room to heal the actual illnesses that might be developing in the body. Yeah, That's how you know, I never used to think that that was definitely a migration for me to get to that perspective. I, yeah. I had a very uh, machine-like sense of the body, a mm-hmm. non-organic sense of the body for at least the first 30 years of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, not really understanding how, you know, what how the body was constantly trying to maintain its equilibrium and take care of itself yeah. and, and, not, and not to stress it out too much, you know? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, going through medical school and everything and the whole time I was I was just thinking, God, all it was was learning everything that can possibly go wrong and how little we know about how to fix it. It was monitor this lab and do this thing and this procedure and make sure you you know, have people back in even when they're feeling fine for these checkups and so negative. And at the end of it, I realized like, I still don't know how to 
make people healthy. I just know how to like monitor disease. I don't know. It was very negative experience. And so I, I uh, agree with you until I stepped back and I realized, wait a minute, what, what am I doing as a physician? Like, what are we even doing in medicine? There's nothing that we're really doing that isn't just allowing better conditions for the body to heal itself. So if I have a patient who's broken their bones and I put a cast on it, or even if we did surgery and put pins in it, uh, the doctor's not the one putting new bone there and healing your bone. The doctor is just setting the parameters while we wait for your bone to remodel and fuse back together and get strong again. Same with if I, if you come with a cut and I put stitches in a, in a patient to close the wound, it, the illusion is that the doctor's helping, but the doctor is not. The doctor is literally just putting a suture that holds the skin together. And then your body is clearing out any infection and making new connective tissue and sealing the skin over and remodeling the scar. I mean, your body is fixing it. Everything anybody ever does, any practitioner ever does is just uh, making the conditions for your body to magically self heal. And so when I realized that, then it transformed everything. Cause I just, then I just had way more awe for the human body because I realized any intervention that anybody ever does is literally just to watch this beautiful body make itself over a new, again on its own thank you that, is, that yeah. is so powerful and it's also like uh for women in in general yeah you know there's this idea of the body as something that has to be fixed no you know oh i've got to re- i've got to make it look better i've got to make mm-hmm. it comply with whatever external mm-hmm. uh, the body is somehow problematic to be manipulated yeah and and then there's a deeper spiritual a conversation about, you know, the born body as a sinful or problematic thing mm-hmm. is very deeply rooted in Western culture. Mm-hmm. And so you start, it's no mystery that medicine would be like all talking about the problems of the body instead of starting mm-hmm. with, it's this amazing, miraculous mm-hmm. system, you know, that knows how to heal. And so, so, so when you're saying, oh, like you're at the edges and going, I'm going to reconnect with mama earth. Mm -hmm. I'm going to touch her. I'm going to grab the electrical medicine. I'm going to eat the healthiest foods Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do it. Not with the sense of, I have to do it to fix a problem, but more because it's my natural celebratory state of being. Mm -hmm. That's very exciting, Mm -hmm. but it does look like it asks you to unwind an even deeper belief about your true perfection and the body's true perfection in exactly the way it's designed. Like there's really not a core issue. Mm-hmm. There are genetic things. There are mm-hmm. uh, places where the body's, um, you know, diseases and conditions that are uh, not in alignment with sort of a, a, a well-organized system. Mm-hmm. But those, I, I don't, I don't want to be blaming anybody who's got an illness. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Yeah. It, well, that's where conventional medicine and other even non-conventional alternative medicine treatments can be very helpful. When something's wrong, if I'm in a car accident, I for sure want to go to the emergency room and get an evaluation and a CAT scan, you know, of my brain. You know what I mean? I'm not against treating an illness for sure. 100% agree with you there. But as far as fostering wellness, I don't think medicine mm. does that at all. And I don't think it needs to. None of us would be here. None of us would exist if the body's natural absolute baseline was wellness and well-being and if it didn't adapt and evolve and grow over time like there it just wouldn't even there wouldn't be more than one generation of anything ever you know what i mean it's just wellness abides and prevails always i love that fostering wellness or yeah. wellness abides maybe yeah. that's your next book yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i'll write that down 
Yeah. Oh, I, I also read in the book, this is for people who have, um, like I have a gazillion, I live in the city, so mm -hmm. I have a lot of potted plants mm -hmm. um, on this property. I was really surprised to hear that my plants aren't grounded, that I need to go out and put something in them called yeah. grounding stakes in order to make them grounded. Yeah. It's the same as a human body. I mean, once we remove it from the earth's crust, then it's in a pot and it's indoors. Mm -hmm. It's the same as we're naturally totally conductive and ready and waiting. But if we don't touch the earth, we're not grounded. Same with a plant. I mean, and animals, pets and cages, whatever, indoor house, uh, you know, cats. We're all completely conductive. I want to take this into uh, the social sphere for a minute on the connectivity of ideas okay. and attitudes. So, you know, here you are touching the end of a leaf at the end of a long arm Diefenbachia vine that's mm -hmm. you know, crawling down your counter or mm -hmm. whatever you just said. Like, doesn't it seem that it works the exact same way with our core attitudes towards one another, that we touch each other with our ideas and our belief systems and we transmit and transfer and conduct and infect and affect mm -hmm. each other? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think that we all resonate a certain aura, a certain morphic field that we just carry with us. And you can feel that other people feel sticky or they feel joyful or they feel, and uh, you know, I even think there's something to, yeah, in society, like, have you ever driven across a bridge and you don't mind driving across bridges at all, but when you're on this particular one, you don't feel good. Cause I, the collective fear that other people have left from driving over that area just leaves this morphic field that you we're so conductive. It, I do agree with you when I'm talking about grounding, I'm talking about direct contact. So like measurable grounding your electrical system of your body. But I also feel there is a spiritual component um, of a field of energy that we don't measure the same way as I would measure with a ground test meter that is transferable. Uh, I 100% agree. And I think that's why remote healing can work. I think that's why pray prayer can work. And there's medical studies that show meditation, deep meditation and prayer are all, all do affect outcome. And there's medical studies that even show your own um, outlook affect, affects outcome. So yeah, absolutely. It goes beyond just something that we can physically measure for now, for sure. So there's this lovely combination of your beliefs, your intentions, your outcome, uh, your your action, sorry, mm -hmm. uh, what you eat, all of these things that put you in a real seat of control, in a power position mm -hmm. in terms of the health and wellness in your own life. I really love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even, and I do too. And I love that there's actual, you know, for people who are kind of cynical about it there I go look at the medical literature because I spend a lot of time looking at grounding and, and energy fields and all that and so I know I've pulled out so many different medical articles there's one about just the power of touch they've, they've shown that they've um, had people in experiments where they are going to shock them to induce pain and just the touch of their partner it can't be the touch of a stranger it has to be the touch of a loved one but someone holding their hand mitigates the actual impulse of pain so you literally feel less pain you know, when you're like waiting to get an IV or something and your partner squeezes your hand, it literally makes that hurt less. And when mothers comfort and kiss, you know, their children's, uh, you know, bonks and bruises, it literally helps them feel better. So I absolutely think that positive energy in particular is something that we can transfer and benefit other people with. And even in the field of grounding, you can do grounded touch. If you keep yourself in a very grounded, neutralized state, you have less inflammation, you have more to give, you've tanked up, like I said, your cytoplasm of every single cell and the plasma of your entire um, 
you know, uh, circulation is all groundable. So if you are constantly grounding your body outside, when you come in contact with someone who is sick or hasn't been grounded in a while and is indoors and they have higher inflammation and they are mm -hmm. in need of your electron donation, basically, you give it to them when you touch them. A an exaggerated example is, do you remember when you were little kids and you would on purpose like rub your feet with socks just so you could go shock someone? So you know mm -hmm. that we transfer energy when we build up a charge to someone else. And so grounded healing touch, although I think everyone should directly ground, is possible um, to transfer that, that healing energy even indoors. So if you can keep yourself really grounded and really receptive and in a very neutral state, you can actually be helpful and beneficial to other people as you go back. You're like day. walking medicine. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yes. I have a, my beloved, you know, when I, we co, we call it, you know, co-regulation where he's like, Hey, come over here. I'll co-regulate you. Oh, that's cute. And you, go, <laughs> you, go, you go, like you put forehead to forehead yeah. and you like lean in Aww. and you just like let the field take shape. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, um, it, I think that there's a poet who calls it making the third body mm -hmm. and that basically the couple be the, the two parties become a unity. That's what came up when you were. Mm -hmm. um, talking about holding someone's hand who's getting an IV mm -hmm. and that his heart rate regulates mine. Mm -hmm. And then something, a couple of minutes go by and I'm like, okay, thank you so much. And I'll yeah. do it to him also if he gets upset about something. That's but awesome. I just, I love that idea that we are capable of of, of calming each other and bringing yes. our nervous systems into uh, alignment, Absolutely. you know, in a really good way. Yeah. It's and that, the, the other thing we used to say is like, nope, we both can't go down at once. You know? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, Hold space for each other. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so give me an idea of how much time it takes. Um, like if you really want to have the optimum outcome for this, how much time would you be spending every day touching the earth? Um, that's a really good question. And I, but I don't like to put parameters because I don't want to limit someone if they literally are walking and they just trail their hand along a, a bush for two seconds while they go get their mail. Like that is truly measurably making a difference. So even just a second is fine, but I think we're meant to be grounded for hours. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I think that we're meant to be part of the earth and grounded for hours every day. So ideally I spend probably about three hours a day grounded to the earth outside personally. But, um, you know, in medical, I'll review what the medical studies have shown so far that we know. Yeah, I in do want to tell everybody that Intuition Physician, um, Laura's blog, mm -hmm. is very heavily data-centered. Mm -hmm. So while we're talking about morphic fields and all of the other things that to a modern mind that's used to injections and pills being medicine might sound a little out there, that this is all supported by data mm -hmm. and that you're welcome to go over and explore some of the studies she's citing. Yeah. Thank some you. Of the science behind this. Yeah. I have a tab grounding medical studies and it, it lists dozens and dozens and dozens where you can click and just read it for yourself in the medical literature. Well, so if you go outside instantly and immediately, what can you expect? This is really good, especially had you, you had um, brought up anxiety right now. We're all in trauma, collective trauma right now, really in just within seconds your muscles, if I hooked you up to an EMG, an electromyogram, muscle tension throughout your entire body decreases. So if you get tension headaches, grinding your teeth at night, restless legs, fibromyalgia, you know, um, if you hold stress in your muscles, you will feel your muscle tension noticeably and measurably decrease just within seconds, like turning on a light switch. And your brainwave patterns will relax and go into alpha brainwave patterns more, which is a healing brain state. 
Um, so that's within seconds. That's why I say like, gosh, if I'm starting to get a headache, even if I just go outside and take three deep breaths, it will make a measurable difference. But if you can give it 30 minutes or more, it starts to actually enhance your circulation. Your blood moves more freely. Your heart rate is uh, stabilized, your respiratory rate. So the second you touch the earth outside, literally within seconds, your muscles relax. So anybody who holds tension and stress in their muscles, this is a really good thing to do. If you feel a tension headache coming on, you have fibromyalgia pain, you know at night you grip and you know tense your teeth or you have restless legs, just going outside and touching the earth measurably on an electromyogram relieves your muscle tension and it also puts your brainwave patterns into a healing alpha state. So it's really good to just immediately calm. I always tell patients in the middle of a panic attack, go outside, literally go outside and touch the earth. It always helps. But if you can stay out there for like minutes, like 30 minutes, maybe you can have your lunch out there or you can eat a picnic dinner out there. Your circulation through your body is enhanced. Your blood moves more freely. That means all of your blood goes to your end organs. So your oxygenation is better, your nutrient transport is better, your heart function is better, your digestion is better. Um, and so they've even, uh, in medical studies shown after just a few minutes, your capillaries in your face, your blood flow to your face. So even just on a cosmetic, I know, you know, your audience is mostly women. So just in, in a beauty sense, your circulation is boosted. And so there's, uh, there's a lot of implications for, um, your complexion and, uh, and your, um, your beauty to be boosted over time. Then if you can go out every day for hours, or if you can sleep grounded, your entire body profile, literally your metabolism, your blood sugar, your fasting blood sugar levels, your thyroid function can get boosted. Your stress hormones, cortisol, after just a few days of being grounded routinely will decrease. For women, I feel this protects their hormone balance because you know, when you're under stress, cortisol is being pumped out and it's actually stealing its precursors from all of your sex hormones. So your estrogen and your progesterone and your testosterone are all getting out of whack because your stress hormones are stealing them basically. And it's also harder to sleep at night. Precursors come in and uh, take away the precursors for 5-HTP and for melatonin production. So you don't sleep as well at night and your mood plummets during the day. Those are all related. So if you can reduce stress, normalize your cortisol, then you have prevented a host of other imbalances from happening. So after a couple of days, you should notice that your, uh, your, meta your meta metabolism and your metabolic function is smoothed out. And then over years, there's, I mean, there's no end to the, the predictions I could make of if I'm keeping my body, protecting my body for years grounding, I'm going to have less chronic inflammation. I should have less pain, less degeneration, probably have decreased my, you know, it's, it's neuroprotective to decrease inflammation in your brain. Um, I think it's, protective against metabolic disorder because you've probably decreased your hemoglobin A1C because you've stabilized your glucose better. Your bones are stronger. Uh, medical studies have shown that you leach minerals out of your bones when you're ungrounded, but just one night of grounding protected your bones. You haven't leached the minerals out of your bones after just one night of being grounded. So longevity wise, I mean, there's no time. I mean, the more grounded, the better. But also, I just think it's really important for your listeners to know that if it's just a second, that's going to make my muscles relax. So literally just a second is good too. Yeah, I love that. I'm, I'm thinking about sleeping outside tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, the, I think, I think you, we can all recognize people who have that office cast to their being. It's not just that they're pale. If there's some kind of flaccidity and inflammation mm -hmm. from sitting at a desk or being indoors all the time. Mm -hmm. And when you're saying that out the complexion, 100%, mm -hmm. I mean, you can recognize it from 
someone just sitting in a restaurant or seeing them on the street mm-hmm. that they're not in touch with the with nature. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with you totally, and think and all of the artificial lights and the blue light that I mean, you're, you're right. We get ashen literally, and then our body is so dysregulated it doesn't know night from day anymore, and it's just horrible. And they did this. It just reminded me of this really cool study. It was one of my favorite studies on grounding I ever read about. This was back in the 70s, so we really should all have known more about grounding by now. Back in the 70s, they built this chamber and they shielded. They put people into this chamber that was shielded from the sun, you know, day-night rhythm. But And they w- monitored these people. What would their natural day-night rhythm be? It did generally approximate a 23-hour cycle. So even without the sun, they were able to sleep and rise about when they should have. But when they shielded them from the resonance of that Schumann resonance from the earth, so it was an electrical magnetic shield on top of the sun being blocked, they had complete dysregulation. They didn't know night from day. They'd sleep a few hours here and there, be up all night. No synchronization at all. It was so stressful to our body. And that's what we do when we're inside our house. We're not grounded. We're not in that resonance with the earth. And then we have all the artificial lights going on. So our body doesn't know day from night. That sets off so a cascade of just so many stressors that artificially age our body because we're no longer in a natural biorhythm. We have increased inflammation. Our brain doesn't know night from day. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really literally toxic. So I just think it's interesting because most people think night and day rhythm is established by the sun, but they actually have shown that it's actually established by the resonance from the patterns of the earth. And so, um, you know, it just speaks to what you're saying. People who work in an indoor setting and never take the time to ground for even a few minutes each day, there's just no way they're connected to just a vital, vibrant pattern of living. They just, they can't be. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Laura Conover. Laura Conover, the intuition physician, intuition-physician.com, and her book, The Earth Prescription, if you want to learn more. I know it ended a little bit abruptly. Thank you so much, Internet Gods, for that. Anyway, I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you again for joining. Go visit Laura. Go put your feet in the sand or on the lawn or walk barefoot on the cement or stone or just touch a tree and see if you can conduct some of that magnificent earth energy to support your life and health. The pod is brought to you by Rosebud Woman, a company I started in the intimate skincare space. You can find our amazing products at rosewoman.com. Vegan, plant-based, pure, effective, all the good stuff. The guests and I imagine people out there when we do these shows and think, how can we bring one little bit of insight, one little lever to create more spaciousness or happiness out to the world? So if you like the pod, you know what to do. Please share it, rate it, review it, subscribe, all of that stuff so that we can feel your love and support and keep doing it. Have a wonderful day, no matter where you're at. May the grace and joy that rests at the center of you be readily apparent. See you next time. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.